hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 121 of How I Built It Today. My guest is Miran Papazian. He is the CEO of Brushette. Brushette is a little bit different from the normal things that we talk about here on How I Built It in that it is a physical product and it's a physical product in the health space. So I was really excited to talk to Miran today because it is a whole other industry and generally I get very excited about talking about whole other industries. Miran did not disappoint. Uh, he talks about doing things like reading the content on a bunch of American Dental Association websites. He talks about manufacturing and how he uh, visited over a thousand factories in China to find uh, the right connections and the right people he needs to work with. And uh, just it's an incredibly interesting conversation. So I don't want to spoil too much of it. Uh, Miran has lots of fantastic advice for us. Uh, his story is incredibly interesting. And uh, I get to ask him kind of a question that I normally don't get to ask people because they are usually already web developers, specifically WordPress developers. And so I get to ask him kind of specifically about how he built his website and, and some of the troubles there. So let's get to the show, but not before a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Plesk. Do you spend too much time doing server admin work and not enough time building websites? Plesk helps you manage servers, websites, and customers in one dashboard helping you do those tasks up to 10 times faster than manually coding everything. And let me tell you, I recently checked out their new and improved WordPress toolkit, and I was super impressed by how easy it was to spin up new WordPress sites, clone sites, and even manage multiple updates to themes and plugins. With the click of one button, I was able to update all of my WordPress sites. I was, again, incredibly impressed by how great their WordPress toolkit is. You can learn more and try Plesk for free at plesk.com slash build. That's plesk.com slash build. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Miran Papazian, uh, the CEO of Brichette. Miran, how are you today? Hi. Hi, Joe. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I hope I uh, pronounced that name correctly for... You and for everybody listening, we talked kind of a little bit about pronunciations uh, before yeah. we hit record here. So uh, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, why don't you tell us, uh, well, first of all, somebody from your team reached out to me uh, and asked if um, I would like to have you as a guest. And I thought your idea for your company was super interesting uh, and generally off the beaten path of what I talk about, I usually talk to developers or, or uh, people who find who found software companies. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what Brochette is? 
Sure. Well, thanks for having me on your podcast, Joe. Um, so quickly, I'm born born and raised in Paris uh, for 20 plus years. Um, I've attended the school in, in New York for a year, and then I moved to China for 10 years. Uh, and then I learned all the grassroots of business uh, from manufacturing to uh, like, like handling all type of products, visiting all type of factories. Uh, so really a hardware, I would say hardware business. Uh, uh, background it created that 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 you know that uh, that background in me um and then uh about four years ago i moved to la and then we've been uh, specializing in designing and distributing electric toothbrushes and replacement heads so and brochette is born out of a uh out of a vertical uh which are the replacement heads and we just re-engineered it to make it uh more affordable and uh um, and more hygienic for everyone to use. Wow, that's uh, that's really cool. And actually, my wife and I just recently, not recently, on Amazon Prime Day, we got electric toothbrushes, and it set us back a little bit. And you're supposed to replace those things every, I think, three months or something like that. So, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I kind of liked the the birth of this idea, and uh, I don't know anything about manufacturing, really. So uh, I'm I'm excited to kind of pick your brain on that stuff. It sounds like you've been doing that side of things for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I mean, uh, as far as the 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 timing goes, you mentioned the three months. That's that's true. That's what dentists recommend. Uh, as of now, you should replace your your bristles every three months. Uh, we've done we've run uh, a lot of studies. Uh, that shows that the the uh, the bacteria accumulation on your bristles, uh, even after a day used, is is uh, is pretty insane. So after literally after ninety days, after three months, you're like shoving back about a hundred million bacteria back in your mouth because that little saliva residual toothpaste kind of like all this together with you, you know with the moisture that are in your in in the in the bristles that you just rinsed. Uh, it kind of created like a, a breeding ground for bacteria. So uh, we've, you know, we figured that uh, there, there must be something, there must be a solution that, you know, that leave everyone else here more hygienic and more healthy uh, to replace the bristle more often. And then we understood that, you know, with the current economy of $10 a head, or even if it's cheaper, if you get on, you know, if you, if you hit on generic products on, on Amazon, uh, it's still price it to replace those heads. So uh, we engineered a, a system where it will only cost a dollar to replace, uh, you know, to replace the head. So, um, wow, that's, that's really impressive. So um, maybe before we get into the, the research aspect of it, maybe we can kind of talk about that. Let's say I get, uh, I get a brochette toothbrush. Uh, what, what am I looking at as far as, um, you know, replacement? What's the process like? You have a really interesting uh, animated GIF here on your website that kind of shows how everything comes together. But um, what would I, as the uh, consumer, be doing? I guess is that. So you have the brochette. I mean, the so brochette is really competing on the replacement head market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do offer uh, electric toothbrushes as well, but it's important to like we are on the literally on the replacement head market. So what happened is that we've created um, we've created uh, what we call the neck. So your current brush head has two parts. It has the neck and it has the lo- the, the top part with the bristles. So the top part with the bristle we call it the brochette. It's a small brush. 
and then the neck is a is an adapter that uh, that ah. would fit on your existing uh, Oral B toothbrush. So we made the Oral B version of of the neck, and then we have another adapter which are uh, compatible with with Philips Sonicare, which are coming uh, a little later this year. So as of now, you could you won't have to replace your electric toothbrush to switch to brushette. You can literally use your existing Oral B brush and then get one of her neck. It's a one-time neck adapter that you buy, and then after that, every month you'll just swap on the you know the the fresh brushette on top. Wow, that's really cool. That's that's very smart, right? Because electronics. I mean, I got the cheap electronic toothbrush. I know that other ones go for a hundred or a couple hundred bucks on Amazon. Right. Yeah, they go for I think up to two hundred plus, uh, and then you will have this uh, great Bluetooth seven mode capabilities <laughs> with you know playing Spotify while you brush your teeth. <laughs> well, the thing is that it will. I mean, it would certainly uh, help thinking that you're cleaner mentally, but uh, what really is touching your teeth are 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 those bristles and are are the way they're you know they're they're tufted and and the quality of the, the stiffness of the bristle the, the length uh, and all those you know all those uh, tough together uh, the 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 impact that they have on your on your tooth on each of your tooth so that's that's really where we focused on on uh, uh, on the bristles. Gotcha. That's that's really cool. And it it sounds like I mean you're you're very knowledgeable about this and you have a lot of interesting copy on your website. So, you know, what kind of research went into uh, not only accumulating that information, but um, solving the problem and finding, you know, and understanding that there's definitely a market for this because, um, you know, there's probably some percentage of all toothbrushers that have electric toothbrushes. And then another percentage that's like, I'm paying way too much for, uh, for replacement heads. So, uh, I would I would just be interested in, in your research process. Well, I mean, from all the regular homework uh, that that we've run, uh, you know, like uh, looking at the, the the toothbrush market, the replacement heads market, all the subscription service models. Like right now, everything is on subscription. Mm-hmm. I mean, from our toilet paper to our aluminum foil, <laughs> like every single thing in a household that is coming on a regular basis got to be an Amazon uh, subscribe and save. Uh, process. Uh, then, when you look at the competition, uh, not on the subscription service, but on the on the electric toothbrush and the replacement head, uh, there is really not many people who who, who offer um, who offer a price point that we got to offer, which is a dollar per head. So uh, the research that we've run are a lot of. Um, um, I guess you call them street interview, like randomly hitting people on in Hollywood Boulevard, uh, which is a very you know scattered and like a very uh, that is not necessarily presenting any specific target market, but that mm-hmm. is like the mass as a whole. Could be a lot of tourists, a lot of local, a lot of um, and and you know ask them how often they replace their their toothbrush and if they if they if they ever knew about the amount of bacteria that are on their toothbrush and if they would like to have their uh, their next refills whenever they come if they would like to have them on their you know on, uh, delivered to their home because um, you know they can think of when is when am I uh, reaching this three month threshold uh, when is it when is it the time to actually replace those those brushes so we don't have those um, uh, those those remote Reminders. There are some reminder on the bristles that are very, uh, I would say, on the pedex bristles. You know, they turn. There are some indicator. They turn from mm-hmm. blue to white to show the wear and tear. Uh, those come after 
past like uh, two months, I think I think you will see, you will start seeing them in two to three months. Um, so we've really run a lot of micro uh, uh, like micro studies and micro like micro meaning you know a couple of hundred people answering questions uh, from our own direct experience, um, and then also we had a, a pretty solid consumer base of people uh, already buying these products before Brigitte was born and under another uh, under Prudential brand. Uh, so we have knowledge of the market and, or, and how often those same people were coming in and, and repeating their orders. Uh, they just bought it uh, and then the following month they would still buy like a pack of six. So we, we started to, to ask ourselves, you know, like they might be like, who are they, what are, why are they stacking up for? Is there going to be like a, a kind of a war where they will be, you know, uh, people who will prevent them to brush their teeth? <laughs> why, why are people stacking up on brush heads? And then we, so we realized that the actual, the demand was actually here because people were actually, for, for reason that we ignored, people were actually renewing their, uh, their purchase of, of replacement heads. So from there on, uh, you know, we, we started to reach out. Gotcha. That's really interesting. So, um, uh, I mean, the I've never heard anybody, I guess, on my show mention the doing the street interviews on Hollywood Boulevard, but I, I like that because it is a diverse group of people there, right? It's like walking down Times Square and mm-hmm. trying to interview Right. A bunch of people, you know, let, you know, in, in Scranton, which is where I went to college, you get a lot of the same people, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the same demographic, I should say, but uh, not the case. Right. right? And, that, and, and, and but that might not be, I mean, right today we figured out our, our, our demographic is more like moms and early adopters and, um, and kind of, uh, so mom is one target, early adopters, tech savvy would be another target. Uh, and and then and then the third demographic that responds well are all the healthy yoga um, LGBT uh, and wellness kind of kind of uh, you know people who would uh, those those would be the the people who would embrace uh, brochette as a you know as a healthy lifestyle that you can take with you that you can you know swap you know play with the function etc cetera, etc cetera. so people who care a little more. Uh, about their their hygiene level, so um, those are which are people that you won't find necessary on in you know in Times Square if you go and run a, a little uh, you know a little research. But it's just that that we've kind of like tried all the all you know all the different avenues from Facebook ads to uh, to actually running our own questions. Uh, one the the out of all these study because the, that was the question the, the type of research of research that we, we did the um, we've we read a lot of lot of articles a lot of content on the ADA website on the American Dental Association and figured what was the problem that they were raising and one of the problems that they were raising they were saying you know since there is nothing that prevents uh, the packaging and, and the bristles to be fresh right out there of their packaging. There is no, you know, uh, uh, compliant norm from the from the FDA that requires your toothbrush to be sanitized and completely sterile. So we, we came up with a 
with the packaging, with the sterile packaging that will prevent your the growth of bacteria in your like of your toothbrush in the packaging. So not so when you buy it from the shelf, then you know that it's actually clean. So there were so those type of uh, of problem and that were raised by the industry leaders themselves by the ADA. Uh, we we took them and we we found a solution for that. So that's that those type of research that were really helpful. Yeah, that's really cool. So. Uh, I don't. I don't want to spend too much time here, but I do have. I have two more questions around this. Um, and the first has to do with uh, you specifically found that it was uh, moms, early adopters, and then kind of health centric people. Which um, health centric people that that makes sense, right? My brother would. Uh, he's like a bit of a germaphobe. He would probably jump all over this. Um, mm-hmm. But um, and then early adopters. I'm I'm a tech guy, right? This is interesting tech to me. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it specifically about moms uh, that you realized they would be good for this demographic? Uh, subscription box, all our, all our, uh, uh, our, our audience, like our test audience uh, about subscription model, moms are responding better. So from all the school, uh, even when you target school, you'll see that those are moms that are actually uh, getting, you know, uh, hit by these ads. So moms are the ones that are, you know, the head of the household. They're the one we're we're shopping for, uh, for for everyone in the household. So they would know if they will have to toss in two brochette or twenty brochette in that box for for this month for you know for for their kid and and, and her husband. So it's a uh, so subscription service generally speaking resonate a lot with moms. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. It was a mom friend of ours who told us about the Amazon subscription service when uh, Mm -hmm. our daughter was born. And now my wife is letting me know every month what we need as far as our Amazon subscription goes. So that makes perfect sense. Um, Cool. And then you mentioned that you had a a pre-existing audience. Um, Was that one that you specifically built around Brichette or, or maybe you said that was from another company? Right, so we started four or five years ago in the field, and uh, we joined the brand Prodental that is distributed. Uh, I don't, know, I think we're like over forty countries, uh, and they're like more traditional, doing like electric toothbrush and replacement heads and mouthwash and toothpaste, etc. Uh, great design, uh, much cheaper than the competition, and and uh, and very nice looking brand, but. Uh, nothing very disruptive as as far as like like an invention like like brochette like a snapping system etc. So we had the experience, the supply chain, the manufacturing, and then the uh, the audience while uh, selling brochette um, prodental. So we're kind of leveraging that for for our first uh, brochette uh, customers. Cool, very cool, and and uh, that actually is a nice segue into what I want to talk about next, which is how did you build this? And I'm, I'm very interested in the, the full process, right? Because um, again, you're building a physical product, right? You probably have to prototype. You need a mm-hmm. relationship with a, a supply chain, a manufacturer and things like that. So mm-hmm. what was, what's, what was that process like maybe from like the first idea to execution? Well, um, so it, it, I mean, in, in China, where, uh, again, I've been spending 10 years uh, of my life there, uh, full-time, our first son is born there. Uh, we've, like, I've been 
I don't know. I, I don't know how many factories did I did I ever visited, but uh, it, it it goes in probably over a thousand. But the the ones that I've actually worked with on a regular basis, what I like to do is I go and I sit at every single um, uh, on the assembly line. I sit on the uh, on on the different production stage, so I understand what the pain of manufacturing this product is, what the problems are those workers are going to face, how complicated is my great looking packaging, but it's actually a, you know, um, a real burden to make it happen and to actually do it with your, with your fingers when you actually have to, you know, to, to fold the paper, put this in bag, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, for me, building the product starts uh, in the factory on the assembly line uh, with the engineers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's never, uh, I mean, it's it's never complete unless you actually went and validated yourself that you can, you know, you can do it. You, of course, you will not do it as good as as a worker who's, who's been trained for hours and days to do it. But my way of doing it is going through the assembly line and from there on to improve and and you know uh, I go both on the assembly line and then all the all, on all the way on the other side uh, on the market and talk to customers so I can I can literally shape a product that uh, that the market want and not the other way around. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for your WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to pantheon.io today again to set up a free account pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. You really understand the process inside and out, right? You can you can say, oh, I want this crazy good, beautiful looking packaging, but um, you, you also understand kind of the headache that the folks who are actually going to be doing it are going through. And, and you can probably make a determination on time quality right because if it's overly complicated it yeah you won't you maybe you won't hit that quality every time or it's going to raise your costs considerably mm-hmm. yeah the, the most important is your is your is your quality right now i mean people are you know uh, people are buying trying to buy cheap but people are more importantly i think the more it goes the more people are trying to buy um you know sustainable products some a product that it that, that is not going to break the next day so yes price factor is important but if you if you deliver if you deliver crap regardless how price is your product and how great is your marketing it's not going to work so uh and then the the, the problem often with with new products is that you don't have necessary quality standards to actually uh to 
to get inspired from. So, for example, the snapping system of Brochette, there got to be something, uh, you know, like about the noise, about the, you know, how many times you can snap in on and off. Uh, all these type of testing that you can actually run. So uh, those are those are kind of standards that you have to set as you see the product evolving and getting hit a, like a thousand times. Then you're like, all right, so maybe, you know, we should use this material and maybe the spring inside should be done this way. And maybe, you know, the whole, uh, maybe we can't use that thing. But so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of testing and a lot of uh, uh, self determining like as the product goes as the product start you know coming out from the assembly line and then you give it away to people to try and they have feedback you have your own feedback etc and then you're building from there on like you want to build something that actually does not break or if it does at least to be honest about it and to be look so 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 in our case we know that it's it's so it's a great thing it's a great device you can keep it uh for a year and then replace only your brochettes um I say for a year, the test that I've actually run it for two years, uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna say, yeah, for the rest of your life, you don't mm-hmm. have to buy a neck anymore. Uh, it's, it's still a small piece of plastic. It's still, you know, there is a knob, there is a spring inside. It's not like a rocket science thing, but at the same time, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it can very well, you know, wear and tear too. Uh, so what we're doing is that we're replacing, uh, we're replacing it, guaranteeing and replacing it, uh, free of charge. So, uh, so long as you have a subscription. So, you know, that way you come up with, like, you know, your product, you know, what, what, what people are getting and then you're, you, you got to stand behind aware or another. So, uh, so that's, that's how we're doing. Wow. That's, that's really cool. Right. And I mean, again, yeah, it's a physical product that's going to break down, you know, it's not made of like titanium or whatever. Right. Uh, so um, that's that's cool. And and again, you're mentioning a lot of things that as a software developer, I might not think of. Right. Like the noise that the snap makes or the number of snaps you can get out of it. That sort of testing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a company called Studio Neat and they make this really cool notebook called the pen notebook. But they also are making a clicky pen and they actually built 3D printed a machine to click this pen like thousands of times over and over again to see how well it holds up from the, from the manufacturer. So um, really cool stuff like that, that you would never think of in software development. Right. Well, you're kind of monkey testing when you're, when you're releasing a, and uh, it's kind of like the same thing where you're touching that product a thousand times. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, I, I, yeah, it's different processes, but at the end of the day, you're, you're trying your thing out. You're trying it out. Then you're, you know, you're, uh, you're making sure it works. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, maybe as we are approaching, we're coming towards the end of the show. Uh, what advice would you give to a listener that wants to make their own product? Like what should be their step one? At one point, should they look for a manufacturer and what should they look for in a manufacturer? Um, I mean, in our case, we, I had my fact, I mean, I had a factory with 450 people. I had a, I was, I was in there. So it's, it's not really a, uh, it's maybe it's not the same way, but if, if I were to start from here with no knowledge whatsoever of, of, uh, manufacturing, regardless if it's in China or in the U S, uh, I would, you know, I would, 
I would start and, and call my first MVP a, a prototype or even a drawing or anything that is that, that, that people can try and test uh, without having even not even approaching one single manufacturer. Uh, it's very important to understand that there is a fit for your product, that there is a uh, that, that, that people would, would want that. Uh, if yes, uh, don't get alert how much are they going to be ready to pay for that. Uh, and then from then on, you have your two, like, is there a product? Yes. Can you make a profit? Yes. All right. Now, now start, now start, you know, pushing the study, start, uh, looking for, for, for people who, who would work with you, uh, for, for people who can come up with a, with a, with a CAD drawing. So you can actually get, a you know, first, uh, you were talking about the 3D machine, like a 3D printing machine. You have a lot of shops in, uh, in LA and throughout the country. We can actually do, you know, do the first prototype for you, et cetera, before you jump into, uh, the, the actual manufacturing process. So I think manufacturing is important. Is the main, is, is, of course, is the most important thing. If, if you have everything ready and then you can't supply, then there is no point. But at the same time, it's kind of, um, the list of your problem, if, if, should you have validated that everything else runs smoothly, then I think, uh, uh, manufacturing is, 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 is an easy piece of the puzzle. Gotcha. So that's uh, great advice. Manufacturing is the least of your problems if you validate the rest of the, the process, right? right? And, yeah. uh, you, I mean, you said, is there a product? Is there a market? And can you profit? Cause that's, that's a really good thing, right? Um, a lot of people, myself included, you know, I used to think, hey, do you think this is a good idea was validation, but it's not. What right. would you pay for this is where the validation comes in. Yeah. I mean, if you if, if you'll need a, you know, like a, a million people to pay for for this. Uh, maybe, maybe it's still good at that. And maybe it's still a good idea, but you got to make sure that you're going for that, you know, for that size, for that big, for that risk, for, you know, for raising this much money, et cetera. So, uh, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the, your profit margins are important. So if you, if you're, if you, if, if it's a great idea, yes, that's good. But if you, if you're, if you can't have any margin, if you don't have any room, to even like uh, forget about manufacturing, just just uh, I mean manufacturing with the problem that manufacturing would you know would would offer, which means that you'll have quality uh, batch default, you'll have like transportation problem, you'll have compliance problem, you have like a lot of different legal problems, etc. So if your ma margin is getting eat, uh, eaten up by those uh, line items, uh, yeah, I, I I don't think your 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 great idea would go anywhere. Yeah, so it's uh, it's the two validation before jumping into, into manufacturing. Yeah. And, and that's another important distinction to make between, I think a physical product and software, right? Is there is cost associated with software, but that co cost is mostly my time or someone else's time. If I'm paying a developer, uh, mm -hmm. but with a physical product, there is all these steps along the way you send it to the manufacturer. There's transportation, there's, regulations probably in, in your case, or, or maybe there's not, but I know in certain cases there are mm -hmm. regulations that you need to pass through, at least here in the United States. Um, and then you get the product and if it's uh, not up to your standard, then you have to account for that and, and, and other things like that as well. All right. Awesome. Uh, so, um, so I guess first, uh, before I ask, what are your plans for the future? Is bruschette something that I can buy today? And and if so, where can I get it? 
Uh, right now it's an Indiegogo. Uh, we have uh, so we're not fundraising per se. We are we are uh, open for pre-orders. Uh, products are already ready. Uh, we manufacturing we manufactured first batch. I think of uh, five nine, uh, like uh, like about about ten thousand products that are ready to ship right now. So we decided to to open the pre-sales on Indiegogo, and then shortly after the campaign, the uh, Brescia.com will go live uh, with the subscription model on Brescia. So right now, if if you wanted the product, you could get it on on Indiegogo. Gotcha. And and with that, um, you know, what are your plans for the future? This is a subscription model. Uh, so you know, how is that going to work? And and do you have anything else in the works as far as the actual product goes? Yeah, we have. Uh, so. Kind of like the goal is to start off with Brochette to get something uh, like to get a, uh, a solid consumer base of, you know, of people who actually are interested to, to get this box every month to their to their um, uh, doorstep. But then in this box, you can definitely add a lot of different items from the bathroom and especially from the from the dental hygiene uh, where we are uh, where we are and we want to stay specialized in. So all the dental consumer dental hygiene. Uh, you could have like a small, you know, small pops of uh, of toothpaste and mouthwash, and 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 that you know the monthly supply of floss, and then a lot of different things that that would come up in that box. Uh, that's one thing, and then the other, uh, the other, uh, the other. Well, since you're you've been talking about software the whole time, we have a uh, we also have a, uh, we also have an app uh, that is that is in the development right now to be able to. You know, through your saliva to understand your your health problem and your hygiene problem, and to put that in a blockchain, uh, so that everyone would kind of like get its own you know health um, uh, blockchain. Um, so we have quite some uh, you know different uh, projects that are in the pipeline uh, right now. The focus is on you know getting brush it out there. Wow, that's super interesting. Uh, I I will be sure to well, I'll link to everything that we've talked about so far. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll definitely keep an eye out for this app because that's, I mean, blockchain is like the new hotness, right? Um, yeah. Now, I do like to ask my uh, my non-web development guests, right? People who have a product, but they're not necessarily web developers. Um, mm-hmm. What are you using for your website? And, and what was what would you say is the hardest thing about developing a website from your point of view? Um, well, I've done a... a, uh, a I've done a few startups before. Uh, they were software uh, oriented, so uh, I'm not complete. But we're we're not using a. I mean, we're just, we're using a custom uh, custom e-commerce CMS. It's called Zano, uh, and you know, to develop the website, I'm just opening XD and then you know, working wireframes and then uh, giving it to my uh, to my designer and then uh, to the to the dev team. So I um I. I mean, it's it's a regular e-commerce website. There is nothing really uh, uh, amazing code-wise behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is nothing crazy that the app uh, is supposed to do. Uh, so, um, I, I can't say that we've been facing you know a lot of difficulties in the in the website so far. <laughs> uh, so, cool. No. Well, I'm yeah. I'm I'm glad, right? I mean, when I got into the game, it was making an e-commerce website was like the gold standard. It was hard. You hired the real professionals for that. And, you know, t- nowadays, right. I mean, with, uh, well, Zeno, I've never heard of it, but I'm definitely going to research it after this. Um, mm-hmm. Or like WooCommerce or Shopify, you can have an online e-commerce store and 
right. an hour or so. So mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, well, we are coming up on time, uh, and I do want to ask you uh, my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Um, that's a good question. Uh, do I have a trade secret for you? I, I can certainly uh, make an open invitation for everyone on the show who want to reach out and want a tour factory in Shenzhen. <laughs> I'll be happy. To, like that, That's probably the best place where you could find the trade secrets. Uh, other than that, um, uh, I wouldn't like, I, there, there is really no secret in like, there is no secret in the product. There is no secret in, in what we're doing. Everything is kind of open. So other than showing you exactly like the manufacturing part and, and what's being cooked for the future, uh, those are the, the only trade secret that I'll be able to, you know, happily share. Uh, well, that's, that's really cool. Um, if I'm ever out there, I will take you up on that offer. Uh, yeah. cause I've, I've never been on a, you know, I've never been on an honest to goodness manufacturing floor before. So, um, mm-hmm. very interesting to see, uh, on no, that. What's, oh, go ahead. What's interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm cutting you up. What's, what, what's interesting is that when you're, I think the, you know, hardware, software startup are really getting, uh, it's, it kind of like. It, you already have difficulties, you know, when you're doing a software startup you're with deadlines, with, with everything. Uh, hardware is just adding more difficulties. But I think at the end of the day, if they're if they get along well, if the team is, uh, you know, is able to put them out uh, uh, in, in in a you know in a uh, nice fashion together, I think there are a lot of value, uh, you know, st- software and hardware together. If they can work together, there, I think it can be very valuable. Uh, that's that's fantastic, and that is a great way to end the show. Though I do want to ask Miran, uh, where can people find you? Um, where can people find me? Well, uh, I'm an e- I'm, I'm an email away, uh, Miran at Brashed.com. All right, awesome. I will be sure to link that and all of the stuff that we talked about today in the show notes. Uh, Miran, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Well, thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks so much for Miran for joining me today. Uh, I things I loved about this episode, uh, how he talked about how he sits on the assembly line in factories in China at different stages of creation to understand how everything is made. Uh, I love how he talked about getting the first M- MVP, the minimum viable product. Uh, he talks about how he. Uh, kind of answers these questions. Is there a product? Can you make a profit for creating physical products, which generally cost a lot more than than creating software products in the beginning? Uh, And he says at the end of the day that profit margins are important. Uh, I liked, uh, you know, I I liked how he talked about his website. I always like hearing about websites that are not built on top of WordPress and kind of the reasoning why. And his plans for the future, uh, which include things like an app, uh, blockchain for health, which is uh, blockchain is a, a little bit of a buzzword, but it's also uh, an incredibly cool and important technology uh, moving forward for a whole lot of things. So I think that's pretty cool. I like his outlook on business and I love a lot of the advice he gave us. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. Uh, my question of the week for you is, have you ever considered building a physical product? Let me know by emailing me, joe, at howibuilt.it, or by letting me know on Twitter, at jcasabona. 
So to continue our conversation from last week, I talked about how I built the first iteration of my podcasting course. I also talked about how I made a grave mistake in assuming that people just wanted to buy a course on how to make the website. It turns out, based on a lot of the feedback I've gotten, that people want the whole process. What microphone should they buy? How do they set up that microphone? How do they record? And the whole nine. So I've decided to take that course and expand it to answer all of those questions. So last week I talked about how I built the course as far as just focusing on the website. Focusing on the website is now just a small section or will be a small section of this course. And the new goal of the course, the previous goal of the course was launch a website and submit to iTunes. The overall goal is now record a podcast, launch it and submit it to iTunes. So I dug deep and I thought, what were the questions that I had when I first started podcasting? And of course, they are the questions that I get the most often. How do I Uh, What microphone do I buy? How do I record? Where should I upload it? How do I build an audience? Is artwork that important? How do I figure out a name? And so the new outline for this course has all of that stuff. The new course is going to have videos on, I bought the microphone that I recommend, and I'm going to record how to hook it up to your computer, do a test, and make that first recording. I'm going to show students other software besides just web-based software, how to record with QuickTime and GarageBand or Audacity. Audacity, more likely, because I want this to appeal to more than just Mac users. Uh, And so those are the things that I'm rebuilding in the podcasting course. And I came to a very important conclusion. I might have mentioned this in a previous episode in this mini-series, but... The reason that I didn't do this at first was because other people like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas already have this covered. But what I didn't realize was that A, they don't have it covered cheaply and affordably. And uh, what they have that I can't possibly offer is their own time. And that's what a lot of people are buying. If people are just buying the knowledge, I think my course is going to be the best option for them because it's going to be the most affordable. They still get my time and they get access to a deeper wealth of knowledge in the areas of website creation, site building, and the more technical aspects of things. Uh, and that's, I mean, I, I look up to, especially Pat Flynn. Uh, I think he's an excellent, excellent resource teacher, podcaster, and business owner. And he has knowledge that I don't, don't have, I may never have, uh, in the areas of business and building an audience. Um, but I believe I'm a little bit more technical than him. And so that's what I bring to the table and I can do it in a different manner. And, and that's the thing that I need to remember. So as I build out part two of this course, or maybe the course revised, um, those are the things that I'm focusing on. The new goal for the student is record, launch, and submit a podcast and not just launch a website and submit your podcast. So that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked this episode, 
be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people discover the show. And until next time, get out there and build something.